0: Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We wanna thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy.
1: Today, I wanna talk to those those who may feel heavy in spirit today. You might be worried about something, something that's weighing on your heart. It could be a health issue. It might be a tough financial season you find yourself in. Maybe you're worried about your kids and and their safety. Um, It could be a tough decision that you have to make in life. It could be a fear of what, what does the future hold for me? Also could be a fear of, losing someone. Um, I believe if we were all honest here today, we would say that we deal with some level of anxiety, some more than others. And so that's what we want to talk about today. The title of our message, Tara, is Let's Talk. Let's Talk. Because I think so many times, Tara, we don't talk about it enough. And we're going to find out today through God's word, Um, What are the causes of anxiety? And um, then at the end, we're going to talk about some practical uh, steps that we can take on who do we talk to and how do we deal with anxiety? And what we're going to find out today is God's word has a lot to say about it.
0: God knew that we were going to be in this world, not of this world, and that life happens and we're going to experience anxiety. And we have to know um, the tools that God gives us to know how to handle the things that come to us in life. And so today we're going to look um, at our text, which is found in Philippians 4 4 through 7. It says, Here we see Paul, he is locked up in a Roman prison. And he's not knowing how long he's going to be there or even if he's going to make it through this. So he's probably down. He's probably discouraged. No, he loves God, but just things happen in life and he's discouraged, you know. But while he's there, he's under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and he begins to pen these words, which we're going to read. If you go with us to Philippians 4, 4 through 7, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. So even just that first line, Paul says right there, he tells me, hey, I'm in prison, but you know what? Rejoice in the Lord, not sometimes, always. And he says, I will say it again as a reminder, rejoice. He says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I love this because Paul is, he's understanding where he's at, but he's like, I'm not gonna let this situation control how my response is to no. God. He's saying, Rejoice. I have to find something to rejoice. And there's two key things that he points out on here. One is being thankful by rejoicing. Yeah. Because when you feel anxious, you know, you feel discouraged and negative. So he's saying, No, be thankful, rejoice. And then he's saying, Go to God in prayer. Take it to God in prayer. You can't always do it on your own and you have to go to God and pray with thanksgiving. It says come to him, make your requests known. And so, I would honestly say, you know, a lot of us can relate to Paul. I think you and I can too as well because you know, we've gone through many different seasons in our lives of ministry and just our kids and as parents and marriage that we've, you know, gone under some real severe um, times of anxiety no. or even depression try to come on us. And we've had to learn how to navigate those things, remind us to go back to what God's word tells us to do.
1: Right. And, and I know what you're thinking, because I'm thinking too. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. <laughs> right. Hello, Paul. Um, do you know the world we live in right now? Because <laughs> our world is crazy. I mean, be anxious for nothing. Is that even possible? Is that even possible in the age of anxiety that we find ourselves in? I mean, I mean everything from war and natural disasters and the recession and our jobs and our kids and finances and gas prices. <laughs> uh, are you serious, Paul? But um, Paul gives us the key there, and I love that, Tara. The, the two keys are thanksgiving and prayer. And, and we're gonna flesh that out today because those are two important things. Now, let's go to an Old Testament story because this just builds upon this whole message today uh, of the life of Elijah who really loved God and done a lot of great things for God but battled and struggled with anxiety, okay? And uh, this is found in 1 Kings chapter 19, but let me give you a little context um, This is Elijah, and he was confronted by King Ahab, uh, or he confronted King Ahab, rather, uh, because he was in sin. And so he prophesied a drought would happen uh, for three years. Uh, Elijah is found right before this standing up against the 450 false prophets of Baal, calling down fire and uh, causing them to be made crispy critters, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and then he's then he seen miracles after miracles in his life. But then after uh, he had this battle with the prophets, um, he let one evil, grumpy woman come against him, Jezebel. And uh, then he goes just on a run for his life. He's scared. He's fearful. He's scared for his life. Um, and and if you know anything about the Bible, Ahab and Jezebel were married and Ahab was an evil king. He was bad, but his wife was crazy, crazy. And so um, Elijah falls apart. He falls apart. He's he, He's uh, riddled with anxiety and fear. And so let's look at this story. And in this story, we're going to find four common mistakes that we often make um, when we find ourselves anxious. First Kings 19, three through five says this, Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. He ran. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went on a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, the angel touched him and said, get up and eat. And I think a lot of us can identify with Elijah here. He says, I've had enough. Like, you ever been at a point in life where it's just like, too many things are happening, negative. Too many things are causing this anxiety just to snowball into something bigger than what it was. Like, it may have started out with something small, and then next thing you know, there's 10 other things that come behind it. And then we're like, I've had enough with my kids sometimes, my job, my relationships. I've had enough dealing with this money shortage. I've had enough in my marriage And I don't know where you find yourself today, Fuel family, but some of you can relate more than others. And you've maybe even said it this week, I've had enough. And um, I want us to look at these four uh, common mistakes that Elijah made, because I think we all can relate.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to see this state of mind that Elijah was in because fear is real and anxiety is real. It does come to us, but how do we handle that? And so, you know, a lot of times we'll say, if one more thing happens, I don't know if I can take this. And sometimes it's just one thing after another. That's how the enemy wears us down. But in those moments, we have a decision to make. Are we going to make some of these mistakes that we're going to hit on that Elijah did in a negative way, or are we going to respond to it in a positive way? And that's what we're going to talk about today. So Elijah made four common mistakes. The first one he made was we run ourselves into the ground. So he was doing, doing, doing even the things of God, but he was letting fear come in. He was in a vulnerable state where he didn't know how to handle what was coming to him. And so he was so afraid that he ran 100 miles from Jezebel. Because he was so afraid that she was going to kill him and take his life. And obviously when you're running that much, he's going to be worn out. He's going to be exhausted. So when you're wore out, when you're exhausted, when things are happening, when you're stressed, guess what? Your defense mechanisms are down. We always say when emotions are high, wisdom is low. And that's a lot of times when anxiety comes in because we're going, going, going. And a lot of times our emotions begin to take over. We wear ourselves down and this is what we do. You know, we don't know how to say no sometimes. Society, we're like, well, I want to please people or I want to do this no. and I want to be there for this. But sometimes you have to stop being there for everybody else and you have to be present for yourself in certain moments in life, in certain seasons. And it's not that these are bad things. You Sometimes you have to say no to good things, yeah. but you got to remember to say yes to the God things, the things that are going to fill you up so that when you are going, you're not running yourself into the ground. You know, sometimes... We've talked about this before. You have to protect your schedule, too. You have to protect, um, you know, what takes up your time every day. Is it depleting you or are you putting things in that are filling you up? Because if not, you're going to run yourself into the ground. And you got to make sure you're being spiritually fed, especially in these seasons, more so than any other. You know, a lot of times I'll stop in times when I feel anxious and I'm on the go and we have— you know, kids and busy schedules and this and that. And we run, run, run. And I'm like, well, why are my kids so stressed? Why are they so anxious? Well, sometimes it's because I'm doing it because I'm scheduling too many things in to the day or putting expectations on them with academics or extra activities or, you know, different things that we have that sometimes they feel that pressure too. And so we have to make sure that, you know- we're not going way too hard for too long. There are certain seasons no. when you can run hard, but you have to remember it's a marathon in life, not just a sprint. So you have to take those times to kind of ground yourself.
1: Yeah, so the first mistake is we run ourselves into the ground. The second mistake is we shut people out. Yeah. Whenever we find ourselves in a moment of anxiety, we often shut people out. And most of the time, Tara, it's the right people we shut out. Right. It's the people that we need in this moment that we shut out. And Elijah did this. He left his trusted servant. The, the, the man who was by his side through all the things he went through. The text just told us he told him to stay there and he went alone to right. isolate. He went off to isolate. And the greatest enemy to you finding peace for your anxiety it's isolation. It definitely is isolation. When we isolate, it brings other things like depression, like fear, stress, and even to the point where we see Elijah not wanting to even live. And so isolation is a trap of the enemy. And we often say that, don't live on isolation island, because it is lonely, it's depressing, and nobody's there but you and your thoughts, and that could be dangerous. That's why I love the heartbeat of our church. It's, it's groups. It's groups. I'm, I'm grateful you're at church here on a Sunday. Uh, it's the best decision you've made all week, but you need a group. You need somebody you can walk with, someone that can walk with you and you can walk with them and, and, uh, that can help you in those moments of intense anxiety. You can run to your group. You know, I'm so thankful for my group. You know, we had a group the other night and I just, I just love hearing the stories of life change. And I love the transparency that's happening in the groups and the friendships that are being cultivated and, uh, it's, it's helping me. It's helping me grow. And so we need each other. The Bible is clear from start to finish. God did not create us to be alone. In the first book of the Bible, he says, it, it is not good for man to be alone. And the reality is, you know, you will never be able to accomplish alone what you can together. You know, I think of the vision of this church, Tara. It was a vision God placed in us and you know, we we couldn't accomplish it, just you and I. Yeah. But together with the team, the dream team, and all the leadership, man, we're able to accomplish great things for God.
0: Yeah, it's so important to have people in your life that can walk with you when you're going through these things. So don't isolate. Um, the third thing that Elijah did that was a mistake was he focused on the negatives. We focus on the negative a lot of times. And, you know, um, our natural humanity, our mindset is we think more negative thoughts and we do positive thoughts during the day and so we have to be aware of that and know that our normal nature is to go immediately to whatever's bothering us and all we can think is when we think one negative thought it's like a hundred other ones come in and then all of a sudden our whole negative mindset changes all day long about everything and so we can even be to the point where like i am had enough you know maybe we say you know my life is too hard I'm always going to suffer nothing ever good happens to me um, I'll never have enough I'm not smart enough i always be broke and hurting I'm not good enough it's that woes me mentality you know it's kind of like that Eeyore mentality mm-hmm. you know we yeah. see where it's kind of like you see that person kind of coming along and it's like they always have that victim mentality and there are times when you can you know get discouraged and things but when you allow that to control your life always and it becomes a normal mindset that's not healthy and that's what Elijah allowed that to do he became this gloomy pessimistic depressed kind of like pity party for one and there's only like like one person that shows up and that's you. Right. And so a lot of times we have to make sure that we take hold of those thoughts. The Bible teaches us that too. And we don't let those consume us. And that's why Paul said, you know, in the scripture we read earlier, he encouraged us even when he was in prison, you know, he said, give thanks, give thanks, change your mindset. Don't focus on just these couple negative things like Look at like, what else is good? What else is happening for you that you have a God that is for you? And sometimes we have to remind ourselves, you know what, no matter what happens, people go through real life tragedies and traumas and things that happen and we can get really discouraged. But you know what? We have to remember my God is for me. He's not against me. He's for me, you know? It's hard to be... Um, constantly anxious if we have grateful hearts. And so sometimes in those moments, you have to stop yourself and say, but what, after all this, what do I have if I can only find one thing today that I can be grateful for? What is that one thing to help to shake that negative mindset so we don't focus on it all the time?
1: Right, right, right. That's so important. You know, the other day I was thinking, you know, as I'm filling up the car, you know, like, wow, gas prices are high. But then I just was like grateful that I do have a car, right. that I'm able to put gas in my car. And, mm-hmm. and you know, gratitude is the key. Gratitude is the key to overcoming anxiety. Find some things that you're grateful for and watch the list of negative things begin to dissipate in your life. So number one, here, here's the four common mistakes that Elijah made, and, and we often find ourselves making them. We run ourselves into the ground. Number two, we shut people out. Number three, we focus on the negative, And number four, we forget God. Hmm. We forget God. Notice what Paul said, be thankful. And then who do you go to? You go to God first. And we often forget God and Elijah did this. What's crazy is um, every step of Elijah's life, God was present. God was faithful. God's power showed up and used him in a mighty way. God provided for him, but yet he forgets In the moment of anxiety, and it's the same thing that we do. Now, understand right before this, our text is is put in the scriptures, right before that, two great miracles happened. okay? Number one, he was fed by ravens in the middle of a drought, so God provided food for him. And number two, God used him to raise the widow woman's son from the dead, but yet he forgot. He forgot. And uh, we often do this. We face our problems while forgetting our God. We face our problems while forgetting our God. We forget he made a way. And if he made a way then in our finances, he'll make a way now. We forget he made a way in our family. He made a way in our bodies, healing us. And uh, we can never forget all the ways God has provided because it's his provision in the past that oftentimes provides the fuel for our faith in the present and for our future. Did you hear that? It's often the things that he's done in the past that provide the fuel that we need to press on. And so it's just, it's so, so important for us to realize. So what what did God do in the middle of Elijah's anxiety? Did God leave him? Did God abandon him? Did he say, Elijah, you're weak? You're weak. No, he didn't. Let's look. First Kings 19, verse 11 and 12, our text here. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord, he was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord, he was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Here we have here, earth, wind, and fire. (laughs) God wasn't in the wind. He wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the fire. What this says to us is God wasn't in the remarkable, but in the ordinary. We want some powerful moment sometimes. We're looking for a word. You hear people, I just need a word from God, right? And God wasn't in any of the spectacular things that you would think God would show up. He came with a gentle whisper. And he does the same with us. When we find ourselves overwhelmed by stress, overcome by anxiety, fearful of the future, all we need to do is just Listen. Lean in and listen, because that's when you will hear the whisper of God. And the reason he whispers is because he's that close to you. He doesn't need to shout. He's been with you the whole time. In the middle of your pain, talking to somebody right now, you're going through some serious pain right now, disappointment right now. Some of you are in that dark hole of depression, and you've been in it for a couple years I'm telling you, God does not abandon you. The Bible says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he is near to those who are crushed in spirit. I want you to know you may have felt like God has left you, but he's just a whisper away. He's just a whisper away, and he wants you to trust him in the middle of your pain. And I know the lies of the enemy are shouting loud in your mind like they do to me. Saying, You're never enough. You'll always be lonely. No one cares about the pain you're facing. You'll never make it. But God's whispers say, I'm with you. I'm for you. I said I would never leave you nor forsake you. I'm close to you. Nothing can separate you from the love that I have for you. God is close. You know, Tara, the end of Elijah's story, his greatest fear was, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. That was his greatest fear. The thing that he feared the most, it never happened. It never happened. So he was anxious for nothing. As Paul said in our text, he was anxious for nothing. And most most of what we worry about doesn't happen. We too are anxious. For
0: nothing. Yeah, and I think that happens a lot in life. A lot of times, you know, we go through hard times. We go through things, like we said, we're so busy and sometimes God is just in the ordinary. It may be just some quiet time you have where you just sit and you just reflect on God and he just whispers to you. It's just quiet in your soul. He's such, He's so gentle. He leads us so well. Um, but most of the time we get anxious and a lot of times none of that ever happens. We get ourselves so worked up. So, you know, we've talked about a lot of these pitfalls that Elijah handled anxiety in the wrong ways, but now we want to give you hope and we want to tell you how to yeah. deal with anxiety and the stresses of life from the word of God and what we need to do to overcome that. And so our title is Let's Talk. So let's talk about it, right? So the first one we need to do is to handle anxiety, things like this in a right way is to talk to your friends. Yep. And so we see in the Bible that Jesus had to even respond to anxiety that, and how he did it was by talking about it to the people that were around him. He had a small group. And his small group was at the Last Supper, right before he had one last meal with his closest followers, his closest friends, those who loved him, knew him, walked with him, saw him do great things, saw him in his weakness and his humanity at times too. And he was letting them know, hey, I'm gonna go be crucified. This is what's gonna happen. And he shares with it from in Mark 14, 32, 33, he's talking about how he's gonna be arrested, how he's gonna be tortured. He's gonna die a bloody death. You know, can you imagine his friends sitting there hearing this, this is going to happen. You know, obviously they're going to want to prevent it. They're going to be like, man, you must be going through a lot, Jesus. I can't even relate to that. And so, you know, how do you feel about this, Jesus? They were probably asking him. And Jesus's response was, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And so he was overwhelmed with sorrow, our savior, to the point of like death where he's like, God, I can't take this. Like, you know, I'd rather die than go through this and be tortured than do this. And so he was at a point where we can understand that humanity side of God and know that he feels our pain. He understands us. And he tells his friends in this time of his weakness, he says, I need you. Well, there's a lot of times in our lives where we can't do it by ourselves. Like we said, don't isolate. you got to have people in your life that you say, I need you. Like, I need you. Like there's been times when one of us has gone through anxiety, you know, and I've said, hey, I need you. I just need you to pray for me. I feel like anxiety is coming on me. I just feel like I'm struggling with this right now. And, you know, you have to have people that know you, like know, know you. and um, And so- One of the biggest reasons, you know, a lot of times we feel anxious is because we have a lack of community. We Mm. don't have people around us. We haven't built that um, support system to say and be real with certain people, not everybody, but a certain close circle of people that you can trust that know you. And I think it's important to have friends that you can um, have that can lean into you, that can listen to you, that can love you, that can pray for you and walk with you. And I think it's important too with friendships to make sure that those are voices that are gonna speak the word of God back into your life not add to that negativity and so if you don't have a friend maybe you're saying I don't have those kind of friends I don't have the... pray for one yeah. I want to encourage you step out even if you're anxious about this get in a small group because the biggest fear is your fear of doing something once you overcome it it's not as scary and sometimes you'll find the greatest friend you could possibly find in a small group or on a team or things like that but it's important for you to stay connected even Jesus needed friends so we need friends in our life too
1: yeah and the second thing we find Jesus doing now this is jesus Jesus. Jesus, the son of God. Number one, he talked to his friends. And the second thing, he talked to his father. Right. He talked to his father. And uh, we see that in Mark's gospel, chapter 14, verse 35 and 36. He fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from me. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. You know, anxiety is really a signal alerting you. That is it's time to pray. It's time to pray. It's time to go to God. And if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. And so many times we think, oh, God can't handle this. No, he can. He can handle it. You're trying to handle it and it's going to weigh you down. You need to cast your cares upon him because what worry does, it robs us from getting to the solution. It steals our peace, our joy, our contentment. And when worry wins the day, everyone is affected. When I'm dealing with anxiety or you are, our kids are affected. Everybody around us is affected. And so we, need, we got to remember what Paul said. Do not be anxious. How, Paul? By bringing every worry, fear, stress, come on now, to God. Right. To God through prayer. Talk to your heavenly father about what? Anything and everything that concerns you. Are you worried about your kids? Bring it to God in prayer. You're worried about the economy? Bring it to God. you worried about your job? You're worried about family drama, your health? Bring it to God. If it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. Come on. Now, he created you. And it kind of an analogy, Tara, is, you know, in our cars, we, we have indicator light, warning lights that flash up and usually they're red or something like that. And it'll, it, it'll warn us that, hey, there's a problem going on. Now, now the, the light itself isn't the problem. The light is warning us that something's going on in this automobile, and it's a signal that there is a problem and that it's time to take it to the manufacturer. And it's kind of the same with us. When the warning lights go off, we need to run to the one who made us. He knows us in and out. He created us. We need to run to him because anxiety is a signal. It's time to go to the manufacturer's manual. It's time to go to God and his word. He knows every part of your life run to him.
0: Yeah, and so I think important. it's it's really important because God, you know, just like we said in our cars, what we do if we don't not do something, we said get out the manual, right? We always look what does this say? Okay, go to this page, look it yep. up, and we find out how to troubleshoot it. What does it's the same thing for the Word of God? When people deal with anxiety, a lot of times people have come to me because I've shared, you know, how I've overcome anxiety. Now that it doesn't still come to me, but how to deal with it. And I'm like, am I in the Word enough? Am I praying? Am I this? And I ask people that right away because if you're not doing that, that's one of the first things you have to do. Got to go to that manual, God. God wrote out a whole thing for us to follow. And so um, the last one that we're just gonna hit on, one of the ways is to also is to talk to your feelings. Mm. I mean, we We all got feelings. Some of us have stronger feelings than others, right? And feelings aren't wrong. Like God created us with emotion because we experience great things. We feel the presence of God. We feel the joy of God. We feel all these things. So feelings are not a bad thing. We don't want you to not feel feelings, but we have to be able to handle and regulate our emotions too and know that our lives are not ran by just how we feel because our feelings can change. You know, um, we can feel happy one day. We can feel sad one day. We can feel completely at peace and then one thing happens or a phone call or a text, and it throws us into spiral, yeah. and then we're stressed out, and then it's just like one thing after another. And so, how are we managing those things? How are we grounding ourselves? You know, people a lot of times will always say, you know, oh, just follow your feelings, you know. Well, that's not good advice. That can get you in, trouble. That can get you in a lot of trouble because <laughs> You'd be like in
1: jail by noon if somebody if you does something, yeah, you feelings. might
0: like off the <laughs> handle and your feelings are gonna get you in trouble and you're gonna regret something. And so you can't always follow your feelings, you have to manage your feelings and know which ones to embrace and which ones that, you know, we need to regulate in our lives. But, you know, God gave us those emotions because he wants us to feel close to him. He wants us to feel a relationship too, you know, but we can't always be led by those feelings. We have to be led by our faith. We can't let our feelings control us because if we do, we'll be all over the place. We won't be stable. We won't be consistent in our walk with Christ. Even our relationship with God, a lot of people who are ran by their feelings and follow them, they're up and down all the time. They're in church and they're out or they're with God and they're not and they're this and that. And it's this constant you know, up and down roller coaster. And so we will experience a lot of toxic things in our life, strife and a lot more stress if we don't learn how to regulate our feelings. And so we must align our feelings with our faith. So we can't base it on feelings. We got to base it on faith. And so maybe you feel sometimes like maybe God doesn't love me. I feel like God doesn't love me. Well, that's a feeling. That doesn't mean it's necessarily true because then if you go to the word of God, the truth is he does. It says nothing will separate you from the love of God for God so loved the world that he gave enough that he gave his son. You know, maybe you feel alone. Maybe you're a time where you're just like, I'm lonely. I feel alone. Well, you know what? The Bible says that he will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's always with you if you just call on his name. You know, maybe you're a person who feel worried about finances or money, especially with the economy and the world that's going on, you know, it can shake you. And you know what? Maybe that's how you are feeling, but that's not the fact because the fact is the truth is my God shall supply all my needs to his riches and glory. So every need you have, God's gonna supply it. You don't have to be worried about it. And maybe you feel like a victim at times, you know, where maybe you're like, man, I feel like everything's always happening to me and woes me and this and that, you know, and maybe there are some, you know, uh, things that have happened that have caused you to feel that way. But you know what? The truth is you're an overcomer. You are a fighter. You have the victory. Yeah. You've already won. God is for you. And so we just have to learn how to talk to our feelings. Find scripture. If you have a feeling, find a scripture that tells yeah. the truth and speak it out loud so you can hear it in your own soul.
1: You know, I said this a few weeks ago, but we have 40,000 thoughts a day. Mm-hmm. We do, human beings. 85% of them are negative thoughts. Yeah. So you cannot trust your feelings because mm. a lot of the times they will lie to you. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it to our friends. Let's talk about it to our heavenly father and let's talk to our feelings. We want to pray with you today. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, God, that when we feel anxious, your Word. Brings peace. When we feel anxious, all we need to do is tap into an attitude of gratitude and begin to rehearse the goodness of our God. Lord, help us to do these two things. Help us to run to you, not from you, to run to you through prayer. And Lord, every person watching today, every person battling, Every person struggling in their minds, every person struggling in their homes, and they just feel like they can't get any relief. It's been months and sometimes years of just a toxic environment of anxiety, stress, and fear. Right now, God, we speak peace. We speak peace to their soul. We speak peace to every home represented. And we thank you that the peace of God, the peace of God will guard their hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And we thank you, Father God. In this moment, we open our hearts in these next few moments that we have and we receive your peace, your love, and your joy. Amen and
0: amen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate review and share this podcast with others you could take a screenshot post it on your social media and tag us if you ever have the opportunity we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings for more information on our locations and service times please visit us at thefuelchurch.com we hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey see you next week